Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome, Jays fans, to a brand new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. I'm John Bishop, alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. This week, we are going to talk with women's basketball player Carly Batchelor. It was a tough week, a tough loss on Wednesday night for the Blue Jays. This interview was actually done prior to the game against UConn, but the Creighton women, just as last year, have put themselves in great position to make another run at the NCAA tournament. And then baseball season is upon us. The Blue Jays open this weekend against McNeese State and the head coach, Ed Service, had a chance to sit down this week with our Connor Happer to preview Blue Jay baseball in 2023. The 1620 The Jays podcast is presented by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. Before we wrap up this week's show, we will also take a look at the remaining Big East schedule as the Creighton men are just one game back in the loss column for first place in the Big East Conference race. They'll probably need to win out starting this weekend at St. John's to have a crack at their second regular season championship in Big East play. But we're going to take a look at the rest of the schedule and see if we can outline the easiest path for the Blue Jays to do just that. That's all coming up this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. And now, here's Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the pod for the first time this season. It is Carly Batchelor from the Creighton women's basketball team. Carly, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's start with the team first. Uh, quite the run lately. What's it been like uh, getting ready, playing all these games, preparing with your teammates? Yeah, it's been really exciting. Uh, we've gone through quite a few like ups and downs this season. So to finally feel like we're, you know, um, trending upwards is a really good feeling, um, especially, you know, as we're getting into the last you know, a few regular season games and postseason stuff. So, yeah, it's been really fun. I uh, just want to keep building on the momentum. And uh, yeah, Carly, along those lines, you mentioned the ups and downs. One of the things that I have enjoyed talking about, whether it's with Flan or other players, has been about the turnaround since that two and five stretch, you know, at the end of the non-conference schedule into the conference season. What what happened in that moment and what has changed with you and your teammates since then? Um, I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint just like one thing that happened. I mean, um, yeah, we just weren't really like playing, uh, together. Like we know we can and just, um, yeah, it just wasn't gelling quite right for us, um, during those games. And so I think, um, since then we've really worked and, um, have continued to just 
keep working together and just staying together in practice and um, just doing the things that we know how to do and putting the team first. I think that's ultimately and like knowing what our goals are for, you know, what we want to accomplish in the postseason. Just always trying to remain focused on that rather than just letting the setbacks define us. So I think we've been a, done a good job of, you know, trying to keep short term memory of like, you know, the games, but also of the games that we've lost, but then also um, doing our best to learn from um, what we did and what we can do better. But was there ever any like sense of doubt? You know, I, I spoke with Flan a few times because I was calling games in that time. And, and I remember he often seemed even keeled looking at the schedule, looking at the travel, where you were playing these games, the toughness of the competition. He never really seemed to doubt anything. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I, I think exactly what you said. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into a, a win or a loss. Um, like like Flan probably said too, like we are always traveling the farthest to like play these teams all out on the East Coast. So and we're going and with our new schedule, we're leaving in middle of the week and um yeah, some some weeks we're playing three games, which I mean it's every team kind of has different schedules, so I you can't blame it all on that but I think we all like I said earlier we all have the similar goal of wanting to you know do well in the postseason and um so I think we all know how talented we are like what the potential is for us if we continue to play our best basketball and like stay together and play as a team and um just stay focused on the main goal that you know it's yeah there's going to be setbacks but um, if you can just remain focused on what the ultimate goal is and just keep working towards that, then it really the minor setbacks don't affect you as much, I would say. Carly, last year you started all 33 games that you played in. This year you've you've majority of the time you've come off of the bench. There are some players uh, in, in basketball, every level, that they are able to handle this and, and do a great job and continue to stay engaged and focused. Others, of course, we've seen check out your numbers have gone up in some spots year over year. How, how has that adjustment gone for you starting last year versus coming off of the bench most of the time this season? Um, yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, I would be lying if I said it wasn't, you know, a different, it's just a little bit different, but really, um, I think what I pride myself on is just being consistent year in, year out and what I bring on the court. So like, you know, no matter if I'm coming off the bench or if I'm starting, like I'm still going to rebound, I'm still going to cut hard. I'm still going to you know, defend well, like I'm still going to do the intangible things that it doesn't matter if you're starting or coming off the bench. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit, but like not really that much of an adjustment. Ultimately, I just want what's best for the team and, you know, we're clicking and it's, we're doing well. So, you know, there's really no need to like dwell on that at all for me, at least it hasn't really been something that I've thought about as the season's gone on. So Carly, the kind of going back to a question earlier, regular season now almost finished already, which is just crazy to, th to say and think about it. It feels like it just started yesterday. How are you hoping to feel individually? How are you hoping to feel as a team heading into the conference tournament next month and, and ultimately the NCAA tournament a couple weeks after that? I mean, I'm I'm excited thinking about what's you know to come. In the past, we haven't traditionally done great in the Big East tournament so I think we all kind of have a goal of like doing 
and like you know moving on to the championship in the in the Big East tournament and so I that's what I really am hoping for um yeah I just want I I my hope for us is that we just feel like our most confident selves and like feel um as you know united and together as we've been so that way we can just carry that feeling into the postseason and um into March Madness and all of that Carly, before we let you go, I'll, I'll be on the call on Saturday afternoon for the Georgetown game. Of course, it is the pink out game. Um, I, I wonder for you, what does this game, what does this weekend mean? You know, for me specifically, my dad is a cancer survivor, so it holds a special place in my heart. What will Saturday mean for you? Yeah. Um, so my mom, um, my mom's mom, she had breast cancer and passed away when my mom was in college playing basketball. Um, so I never got to meet her, but I think a lot of how my mom has, um, well, at least how she is now and just her personality and just how strong and, um, I don't know, I just admire my mom so much. And so I know that some of that's gotta be from my grandma who I never got to meet, but, um, I can only imagine how amazing of a woman that she was. And, um, so I know that games like this hit hard for my mom. So, that's probably what I think about the most. Um, I've been lucky to only kind of have um, that instance of cancer around my family, but um, I know this game means a lot to so many different people. And, you know, this, this disease is, you know, ever prevalent. Um, So I just think about everybody on these games and um, how, you know, just wearing pink might just seem like something cute and fun to do for a little bit, but it actually has a bigger uh, meaning behind it and uh, in the families that are affected by it. Couldn't agree more. Carly Bachelor, senior for the Creighton women's basketball team. Carly, really appreciated the conversation with you today. Good luck to you uh, as the regular season finishes up and into the postseason. Thank you. John, back to you. Up next for the Creighton women, it'll be Saturday afternoon at Sokol Arena against the Georgetown Hoyas. Then next week, the final week of the regular season, one more road game, this time at Marquette, and then the Jays will close out the regular season on February the 27th in a game at Sokol Arena against Butler. After that, it's off to the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut for the Big East Conference Women's Tournament. The Jays find themselves in third place. They are two and a half games back of Villanova and uh, a game and a half ahead of St. John's for fourth place. So the Jays, pretty good position to be either the three or the four with maybe an outside shot at the two seed this year behind first place UConn. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's a year of change for head coach Ed Service and the Creighton baseball team. Of course, they've got to replace the two-time Big East Pitcher of the Year, Dylan Tabrock. 
in addition to their great offensive stars like Alan Roden and Jared Wegner, but the Blue Jays have reloaded and they are ready to start the 2023 season. This weekend, they will be at McNeese State. Well, the head coach of the Jays, Ed Service, had a chance to sit down with Connor Happer to preview the 2023 season. All right, thank you, John. Welcome back. More of the 1620 The Jays podcast this week, and we are happy to bring you an interview uh, from the Connor Happer Show a little bit earlier in the week. Ed Service, Creighton baseball coach. This is a good rundown preview of um, the type of team he has, some general thoughts on on baseball, the transfer portal, all those things together. Creighton uh, going to start things off with a weekend series this weekend at McNeese State, they're on the road the first three weekends. McNeese, Coastal Carolina, Cal Street, Cal State, excuse me, Northridge, um, to begin the first three weeks before they make an appearance um, in Omaha when they host BYU here. Coming up soon, sooner than you think, but they'll be on the road for the first few weeks. And and really right to start off here, um, and you'll hear it from service, just thought on, on schedule and how you throw that, that piece of it together. So without further ado, here is the long time. Creighton baseball head man, Ed Service. And we welcome in the head man, Creighton baseball, that is Ed Service. He joins us now on the phone. Uh coach, I know you've been uh you've been doing the rounds and you're you know, you're finishing up practice and the final preparations before you go to Louisiana. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh how's it going today? You know, good, good. Uh, we we'd like it to be a little warmer outside, but uh we're fortunate we had a couple you know, good weeks of uh, reasonable weather for this time of year, so we've had a chance to be outside, so all is good. Yeah, you guys actually had, yeah, I mean, you, you were outside, I think, for par- parts of last week. I think it was a decent fall around here, you know, weather-wise, if I remember that right. There was a full week where it was it was pretty nice, and you guys had a, a normal fall this year. Just the preparation from a weather standpoint is actually sort of, you know, held up okay, it seems like. Yeah, it has. And, you know, I've been here a while now, and, and that's not always the case. There's a lot of seasons we've never been outside before we play our first game. So we we feel pretty fortunate this year that we've had probably eight or nine workouts outside. We've had a chance to scrimmage a little bit, which we normally don't do. So I think we've given our cha- uh, players a chance to prepare a little bit better than uh, than most years because the weather's cooperated. Uh, first, you know, three weekends. Let's talk about the schedule. Um, so you're at McNeese State this weekend. In Louisiana, at Coastal Carolina, which is which is awesome, and then at Cal State Northridge, um, what what goes into sort of because it it's always tough. You know, you're going to be on the road, you know, for the first three weeks of the season, probably. What goes into sort of selecting whether it's locations or teams you want to play, and then of course there's the opportunity part that has to match up with it as well. Like, how does this? How do the first you know month of the schedule sort of come together for you guys? Well, there's a lot of variables that go into it. You know, sometimes you're playing a home and home. So uh, if you if you bring a, a team from the south up to uh, Omaha, obviously you're not going to play till the middle of March at the earliest. Um, and then you have to return a trip, and sometimes that may be the first weekend. Or or a lot of times we like to go not down into southern Florida or Arizona necessarily, where the temperatures are maybe into the 70s and 80s. And one of my uh, things I try to do is prepare our team to um, play in the environments and the climate that they're going to play the bulk of their games up north in. Mm. So we, we prefer to play uh, our games early in the season in temperatures in the 50s because that's what we're going to see up here for the bulk of the time. So 
when we go down to Lake Charles, Louisiana, um, this weekend, the, the temperature is going to be in the 50s on Friday. It's going to be in the 50s on Saturday. Then it'll, it'll sneak up into the 60s on on Sunday, and that's a little bit more what we're going to see when we start playing our home games up here in Omaha. From a, from a team perspective, and Coach Ed Service is with us from uh, from Creighton Baseball. Um, for, from a team perspective, what's the first sort of couple weekends about here? You got you got up to a slow start last year, and and but you also at the same time, so you want to win games, obviously. And at the same time, you want to figure out sort of what you have too. I know you know you've talked before about about your guys' depth this year. So how much of the first you know couple weekends is about figuring some things out, and and how much is it about like hey, we got to have some urgency to you know win some baseball games here too. And, and that's the that's the dilemma that you struggle with in these first couple weekends because you have a pitching staff that you don't want to stretch out. So you got to have kind of bridge guys, guys that can get you to the back end of your bullpen, back end of your pitching staff. Um, you don't have that normally when you get into the middle part of your season, to the latter part of your season. Your starters go much deeper. Um, so you got to deal with that. You want to give many players, as many players as possible, opportunities. You want to put them in situations that you feel they're going to be successful in. Um, and at the same time, you're trying to win games because at schools like Creighton, Every game is very important. We don't have the luxury of some of the other programs who can kind of play into their season, and then they know they're going to host a regional or get to a regional. You know, every opportunity for us to prove ourselves is critically important. So that's the balancing act that we have here the first couple of weeks is how do we do all that, give these players opportunities, uh, uh, make sure that we remain healthy, don't, don't ask too much of them from a pitching standpoint, and at the same time try to win. And so it's always been a struggle. Uh, we didn't. You're right. We did not get off to a very good start last year, and we're a little bit more hopeful this year with an older team with the opportunities to prepare outside that we can change that this year. You mentioned okay, so older team, and and <laughs> I think I mean, how many guys do you have that are graduates that are fifth year guys right now? now we have nine in graduate <laughs> school. Nine, and uh, and normally we would have maybe one. In my first several years here, we had nobody. So this is all part of the COVID situation. The players have been granted an extra year, so they're they're taking advantage of that. So it, it's it's been a lot of fun for me to really work with older players who are oftentimes a little bit more mature, a little bit more open to coaching, um, and and um, you know you don't have to hold their hand as much as you work a, a young player through your program. So it's been a lot of fun. This is a good group of guys, and they've done everything we've asked them to do, so hopefully they get they get rewarded this weekend with uh, with some good play. Well, I want, I want to talk about, you know, what it means for your team, but just big picture-wise, Coach, like, you know, you, you see, you mentioned it, there's still COVID guys sort of hanging on on college baseball rosters. Ultimately, you know, it, it makes a lot of college baseball older and then you have other factors that that sort of affect that as well with the draft being shortened and, and stuff like that I it's made it's made for a lot of really old rosters and I think it's made for a lot of you know movement as far as the transfers are concerned among guys who have been in a place for three or four years like it's not just you guys you look all around college baseball it's just it's just old right now right. It's, it's really an interesting period for college baseball. You know, I, I, none of us could anticipate 
that it was going to move in this direction with COVID, with the older player, with transferring so much movement in all of college sport, not just baseball, obviously. It really has really changed. I think uh, I think the game's at an all-time high. I think the games are very competitive. I think they're very entertaining. And you can see that by more games being on TV and, and the crowds are larger. More people are going out in person to watch college baseball than than ever before. But it is an interest as a coach. It's a very interesting period. I'm not sure how it's all going to shake out. I think we need to kind of go through it a couple more years to figure out how it all how it all works. But um, it has created, you know, a lot a lot of rosters that are. 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys playing at the college level, which you never saw before. I mean, it makes a huge difference, too. And and so with your team, with, with a bunch of guys like that who have who have had some experience, um, you know, playing and 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 producing and and being around for a long time, like I, you know, and like I said, it's it's sort of everybody has a flavor of this as you go around, whether it's the Big East or you know some of the teams that you'll play this year. But I, it feels like it. It makes a lot of sense for your program, the program that you want to, the, the program that you want to build and that you want to look like, um, where guys are a little bit older, they know what their strengths and weaknesses are, right? They know what sort of their roles are going to be on a on a baseball team. Like, I, I don't know. In, in hearing you talk about it before in your in your preseason um, press conference, it feels like you like this group for a variety of different reasons, but that sort of being one of them. Well, uh, yeah. I, I do really like this group. We have uh, guys that are very uh, mature. There's not a lot of drama with this group. I don't have to come to work every day trying to put out a fire. Um, they kind of govern themselves. They take care of themselves. They've taken a lot of ownership in their program. One of the benefits of having older players in your program is they're a little bit more willing to take ownership. And I believe the best programs, the best years, the best seasons you have are when the team, when the players kind of grab hold of that ownership component and they run with it. And this group has done that. I really enjoy um, my visits with the players away from the field because we talk about a variety of things and they're very open-minded. There's a lot of dialogue going back and forth. And sometimes you don't get that with a younger player. So, And the last thing is they, they kind of know how to prepare. Mm-hmm. And preparation in all the sports is so so critical so I'm I'm hopeful that they get rewarded because I think they've done a pretty good job in their preparation leading up to this weekend, and now it's time to find out if um, if that preparation has been good enough for them to be successful. Well, and then from a baseball standpoint, you know you lose you lose some you know some power really some power production off of last year's team whether it's you know with you know. To Brock going on Friday nights and you knew exactly what you were going to get out of him, but also you know Wagner and Roden and and you knew exactly what you were going to get with Roden in the lineup as well. Like, you know, I, I think this team probably projects to to have a little less power potentially than than the last than last year's team had. But I don't know. It do you do you prefer it that way almost that you sort of you can build it um, and shape it and and you could have that sort of defensive identity and 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 go forward with that obviously you take the you take the home runs and you take the eight innings out of dylan to brock right and the and 15 strikeouts or whatever he's going to give you um but I, it feels like there's just a lot of uh you know steady depth and good leadership at the top and that's that's sort of the 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 bread and butter of this group well one thing as a coach is you adapt to the talent that you have you yeah. know and 
So the last few years, we've had a little bit more depth. You're right. Alan Roden was a tremendous hitter. Jerry Wagner had great power. Dylan DeBrock was everybody's Friday guy. Perfect scenario. Pitch seven or eight innings. Get you into the weekend. Take a little pressure off your bullpen so your bullpen stays fresh for the Saturday-Sunday games. But I look at this team, and if I had to pick my brothers, it would be an action team. And this team, I believe, has a chance to be an action team. By that, I mean there's going to be some bunting. There's going to be some hitting and running. There's going to be some stealing of bases. There's going to be base runners going first to third and a base hit to the outfield. They're going to create some action. And I believe that's best suited for this team. That's how we used to play a lot of the time. But I had to adjust the last several years because we had a little bit more power. And that's okay, too. You're right. Everybody loves a home run, right, including coaches. So, But this team will be more action uh, on offense. I still believe the trademark of the team will still be pitching in defense. And even though we don't have a Dylan DeBrock at the front end, we've got some more than capable guys to run out there as starters on weekends and get us into the back end of that bullpen. And I think our defense will be solid again. And it wasn't last year at some time. So that's an area that we've really tried to uh, reemphasize this fall and, and early this uh, second semester here. This is uh, not a not a new story in, in, in college baseball where you'll have a guy who was – you know, really dominant in the bullpen for you guys last year and Tommy Steyer and, and, you know, you could use him a variety of different ways, but if you needed to shut a game down, you feel like you had the guy to do that. Then you fast forward to the next year and he comes back and, you know, a, a, people say, well, you know, why not, why not just throw him on Friday nights and see what happens? Why not just throw him out there to start a game? How do you, what's, what's the sort of decision-making process with him and figuring out what roles he is he can be the most successful in and then you know deploying that and figuring out um you know where to use Tommy Steyer the best um this year you know it's funny you bring that up because uh Tommy and I have had that discussion a couple different times he's coming to my office and he wanted to be a starter and I said okay I appreciate that Tom and, and uh, let's talk about this scenario now would you rather be in 15 games or would you rather be in 30? Mm. Because as a relief guy, I'm not going to overuse you, but I'm going to get you involved in what I anticipate to be 30 games. And then I, I pass on to him that I believe you're more valuable to the team being in 30 games. And then, of course, he shakes his head and he agrees, and he he's a great guy. He's willing to do whatever. If I ask him tomorrow, hey, I need you to start on Saturday, the heck with the bullpen stuff, we're going to move you up, he'd be all in. I mean, he just wants to pitch. He just wants to help his team be successful. But I think in the back of Tom's mind, he understands that his value for this team is to be out there 28 to 30 times. And I believe that too. And that's the way, that's the role we will use him unless we have a rash of injuries or something where we don't have any starting pitching. But He's just more valuable for us in 30 games than he is in 15. It's as simple as that. It's funny, and that's you know you hear that in in baseball across the board. It's like, hey man, if we can if we can get a guy, you know, throw a guy out there for, um, and and we're not talking about innings anymore. You know, starters at the major league level, you know, big horses will throw 200 innings a year, but it's more about situations that you put them in and Mm -hmm. and finding the value in those spots, and that that feels like. Um, that was sort of the decision-making process with, with Tommy. 
Well, those outs at the end of a game are so much different. Yeah. They're just different. And you have to have a guy who can handle that situation. Not every pitcher on a college staff is equipped to do that. And that's that's not a knock on those guys. It's just it is what it is. So but Tommy is definitely equipped to do that. Matter of fact, he thrives on that situation. And I think we find a perfect spot for him. He he wants the pressure, he wants the accountability, he wants all that goes into trying to get those last outs of a game. He wants that. And he doesn't run from it. He's fearless. And that's what you have to have at the back end. You have to have a guy that's a strike thrower. He's fearless. He can hold his. He can field his position. He can hold runners. If you've got that, you've got something special. And that's exactly what Tommy can do. All right, Coach. Uh, we'll let you go. When are you headed out of town today or tomorrow? We're going to head out tomorrow, bright and early. So hopefully, we'll get out of here before the snow comes. And uh, hopefully, when we come back, the majority of it's gone. But. Uh, Thanks for having us on, and we're looking yep. forward to uh, getting this thing kicked off on Friday. That's the dream. Coach, thanks. Appreciate it as always. You bet. You bet. Bye now. All right, there you have it. That is Creighton baseball head coach Ed Service, who uh, chimes in once again before the Jays uh, take the show on the road at McNeese State this weekend. Uh, should be a ton of fun, and Creighton looking to get off to a little bit of a better start than they did last year, one series at a time. On the road. That is it for my section of the 1620 The Jays podcast for this week. We'll send it back to our man, John Bishop. John? We have some exciting news at NRG Media this year. The brand new contract that we signed with Creighton University includes the return of baseball to the radio. Creighton Baseball will be back on the radio this season, starting on the road. Well, technically on the road. They'll be across town playing at Omaha on March the 7th. That'll be our first radio broadcast for Creighton Baseball this season. And, of course, we will bring you all of the home games this year and some select road games, including coverage from the Big East Conference Tournament. So we're very excited to bring back Blue Jay Baseball to the radio. Most of the games will be on 1180 The Zone, but you'll also be able to catch a handful on 1620 The Zone. Of course, all of the games will be streamed on the 1620 The Zone app, and you can also find those links at GoCreighton.com. Before we wrap things up this week, the Creighton men's basketball team will be back in action this weekend, Saturday night in Queens, New York, to take on the St. John's Red Storm. As it stands right now, the Jays are a game back in the loss column behind Marquette, who is off this weekend. Then the Jays, of course, will host Marquette next week at CHI Health Center in a very pivotal game. If the Blue Jays can win out in their final five games, they put themselves in position to at least grab a share of the Big East Conference regular season championship. How the number one seed for the conference tournament will be determined could end up relying on several tiebreakers. In fact, one of those tiebreakers, should the Jays win out, and Marquette's only loss in the final four games of their regular season come to Creighton, Creighton and Marquette will be tied for first. And because of the way the schedule has broke down this year with equal numbers of wins against the other competing teams at the top of the Big East standings, it could actually come down to net ranking. That's right, the NCAA's sorting mechanism for its tournament 
That will be the determining factor if it comes down to a two-way tie between the Golden Eagles and the Blue Jays. Whoever has the highest net ranking the day after the end of the Big East regular season will be determined as the number one seed. As it stands today, or at least as of the recording of this podcast, late on Thursday night, the Jays are 13th in the net ranking. Marquette is 14th. That seems to be the easiest path right now. Certainly there are many other paths that can be taken, but uh, we'll be keeping our eyes on what Providence and Xavier are up to this weekend. Really, the next big matchup will be next midweek, Tuesday and Wednesday. Of course, you've got Creighton and Marquette going on at CHI Health Center, but another pivotal game in this whole formula will be in Connecticut as the UConn Huskies host Providence. At this point, the Jays need UConn to win that game over the Friars. Otherwise, Providence certainly will rise into that tiebreaker scenario and Due to their success this season, they have a good chance of uh, finishing still first in the conference standing. So that UConn-Providence game coming up middle of next week is going to be rather pivotal. Then, of course, we've got two more weekends to go after this weekend. We'll keep you up to date on all of it on the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. And finally, before we wrap things up, let's take a look at what's happening in Creighton Athletics over the next few days. On Friday, the men's and women's cross-country teams will be in Lincoln for the Nebraska tune-up. Softball returns to action after a 2-2 and weekend last weekend. They will be at Akron, 9.30 in the morning on Friday, 9.30 a.m. on Friday. Then they'll play an early afternoon second game against Tarleton State. Those games both on Friday. The baseball team opens up its regular season Friday night, 6 o'clock at McNeese State. The men's tennis team is taking on the Omaha Mavericks. That will also be on Friday evening. On Saturday, women's basketball plays host to Georgetown at DJ Sokol Arena. The baseball team plays game two of their weekend series at McNeese State starting at 2 p.m. Also at 2 p.m., softball will take on Northern Colorado. The women's tennis team will also be in action taking on Drake this weekend. And then, of course, Creighton men's basketball on Saturday night, 5 p.m. pregame start with Robbie Lula on 1620 The Zone and Blue Jay Shootaround with tip-off at 6.30 from Carneseca Arena at St. John's. All the coverage on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg. The 1620 The Jays podcast is presented each week by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. And now for Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Omaha.